we are glad you're here. You've ventured out in the snow. Oh, man, it's still snowing. We're happy to see you. We hope you came prepared to worship the Lord with us. We have been practicing. We are ready to, to worship together. We get a chance to lavish love on the Lord today together. Amen? Will you stand with us? We're going to raise our hallelujah.
God tells the king of Israel, Jehoshaphat at the time, to do something strange. He tells him to send singing men out in front of the army, singing praises to the Lord. How crazy is that? I'm sure the enemy thought they'd lost their minds. But a miracle happened. It confused the enemy. They got all turned in on each other, ended up killing each other. The Israelites won the victory. Their weapon was a melody in that case. I want to encourage you in whatever battle you're in today, whatever battle you might find yourself in later this week or later this afternoon, maybe, when you get that phone call or that email or that text message or you see that thing on the news, I want to encourage you to raise a hallelujah in the midst of that. There is power in praise. God inhabits the praise of his you don't know and make them feel welcome would you please turn to your neighbors around you and greet them
testimony would just say amen. amen man his goodness it's never ceasing um i don't know about i guess it's been about uh, 10 years ago or so went through one of the most painful um things that i feel like i had to go through in my life and and uh, a, a chorus just just sort of poured forth, and and it was attached to one of our one of the great hymns of the church. My faith has found a a resting place. It, it's not anything except just in the truth about Jesus died for me. Amen. And man, when we're you know that song we just sang talks about uh, some, he sometimes he leads us into the fire. And that might be a hard lyric to really chew on, a hard lyric to, to uh, oh, get excited about. I mean, I don't know about you, don't get terribly excited about getting led into the fire. Um, but sometimes God's leadership in our lives, as we go through those things, it, it's refining for us. It's, it's shaping, it's transformational. And the and the foundational piece of this, if our faith is truly found a resting place, not anything um, that the world has to offer or that man can devise, it, it, it's fundamentally that he has, he has died for us. So this is a song that we've sang in this church for many years, although I don't think we've sung it in a while. So if you're fairly new to our church family, it's probably going to sound new to you, but those that have been around a while... Um, it's going to be maybe an, an old favorite. But the chorus sounds like this. Feel free to sing along with us. You died for me. You set me free. Hallelujah. You abundantly my faith is found
clap offering because he is worthy of our praise and our thanks today. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Here at WLC, it's exciting and it's sad at the same time. We're going to be saying goodbye to our beloved Troxel family. And at that time, we're going to be praying for them as they're going into this new season and into this new church. We know God has a plan for them, and he also has a plan for us here. So as a church body, we're going to gather together on March 1st at 6 p.m. out in the lobby area where the cafe is, and we're all going to get together, and we're going to pray for the Troxels, and we're going to pray for the future of this church and what God's going to do here. We want you all to come. If you can't make it, please set that time aside and join us all in prayer so as this church body can lift up what God's will is for us here and we can step into this new season together. Good morning, church. So we are doing the farewell potluck this coming Sunday, March 1st. This is a big time to give the Troxels hugs, fellowship, 
um, fried chicken. <laughs> um, I'm going to do a quick just, you probably saw in the email, the dishes. But A through F, this is your last name starts with. We'll do a main dish. Brian loves fried chicken. Sarah loves casseroles. Um, G through L is going to be a side dish, and whatever's easy, convenient, will work. M through S is a salad or bread, and then T through Z will be dessert. So, T through Z, dessert, yes. Um, and yes, that's March 1st, right after service. Um, Cindy said they have a good amount of help to help at 9 a.m. We're going to set up tables along the side here. Um, and then after service, we're going to try to transition this room, bringing the tables out, chairs around them. So if you guys can volunteer and help with that, too. So March 1st, right after service, Troxels. Okay? And if the ushers can come forward, I'm going to pray for our offering today. <clears throat> Father God, we as a church bring you these offerings, these blessings to you. We want you to multiply them, bless them. And use them for your kingdom and your will. We don't come today asking for anything, but simply thanking you for everything. It's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. While the usher's going, if kids, if you guys want to come up here and line up, that would be awesome. All my kiddos. Four years old through fifth grade. If you guys want to put your offering in as you come up too, that would be awesome. So a new thing that we're doing this year, which we're, we're still brushing up, I'm still brushing up, but we're doing a, a memory verse a month. Um, I'm still learning, too, that as you get in the Word, that's the one thing that we can stand strong on no matter what goes on. And, and I just um, hope and pray that you guys will keep our kiddos in your thoughts and prayers because they go through a lot, too. <laughs> and so I want to equip them. We want to equip them with God's Word. Because when we can't be around them, when they feel that they're on their own, um, it's important to have that hidden in their hearts. So we're, we're going to do um, Joshua 1.9 together, okay? And if you guys want to give him a round of applause, that would be great. We're going to do good. All right, sermon in the sack time, you guys. So if you want to come up here and rally around, Pastor Brian, his object is from his daughter, Olivia. She has been excited. 
If you're new here, we do this. Uh, the, the last Sunday of the month, the kids hang out with us throughout the service. And um, one of the things they get excited about is trying to stump me. Um, somebody has the task of bringing a surprise in a bag. And when I pull it out, um, I get to try to come up with a little sermon about it. Xander, you look, you, do you know what's in here? And, and I've been especially concerned about this morning because my daughter is the one responsible for bringing the surprise sermon in the sack. So I begged her to be easy on me, but uh, she is laughing her little face off right now. All right, so let's see what we have. Go- oh, I know what this is. Oh, looky here. All right, Olivia, what is this? Your blanket that you've had since you were born, and you call this what? You call this your night-night. Does everybody have uh, something like this? Do you, do you have something? Well, Eli's like, no way, man. You have a stuffed animal that you, that you sleep with? Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. So what is it that you have? Stuffed animals. Does anybody else have a blanket they sleep with? You guys have a, a blanket? What do, you, what do you call your blanket? You never really named it. Did you name yours? No? No? Well, okay, so Olivia, explain to me, what, why is this so important? Why is it so important that when we go on vacation, we better have this in the suitcase? Because it protects you at night. It protects you at night? And, 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 it, and it, what, it gives you... Comfort. That's the, first, that's the word that, that comes to my mind when I, when I think of your night-night, or when I think of things that most kids have, like a, a, a stuffed animal. It brings you comfort, right? And it helps you to fall asleep. Really important. Did you know that the Bible tells us, and by the way, thank you for giving me something easy today. I appreciate that. You're going to get like a candy bar or something after lunch today. Yes, you scored points. Um, the, I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 1 tells us that, that the Holy Spirit is our comforter. Have you ever experienced God inside of you being a comfort for you? Maybe in a time where uh, it was very stressful or a time that was painful or hard Maybe something was going on in your family or at school or with a friend, um, and you had God as your comfort. My sister had the flu. Your had the flu and, that was, and it worried you, and God was your comforter, right? That is a really important thing to remember because, you know what? We're going to go through hard times sometimes in life, challenges. Some things are going to be so hard, we wonder how we can make it through it. It's really important for us to remember that God is always with us. Jesus lives in your heart, and he wants to be your comforter. He wants you to, to trust him for that. So, that. so what would that look like? How, how would you remind yourself or make yourself feel that God is your comforter. What do you think you would do in, in the midst of a really hard time? What do you think? Pray. 
pray. Talk to him. That's right. He's right there and he wants, he wants you to talk to him. So I think we should do that right now. That'd be a good idea. Okay, bow your heads and I want to pray for you. Dear Jesus, I, I thank you so much for the constant love that you show us, the constant love that you pour into our lives. And like, like this night-night or whatever stuffed animal that we tend to lean on for comfort, you want us to lean on you. You want to be our comforter. You're, you will never leave us nor forsake us. You're right there with us. We carry you in our hearts and our minds and in our bodies. And, and, and so when we're going through stressful times, hard times, painful times, you're right there with us and you can be our comforter in the midst of all that. Thank you that you are faithful to continue to do that in the lives of each and every one of our children and in each and every one of the mommies and daddies and grandmas and grandpas in here as well. We love you and we live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we give the kids a hand, especially my daughter, for being so nice to me today. Thank you. Okay, guys, you can head on over. Miss McKenzie's got awesome stuff for you, and then you can go find a seat with mommy and daddy. Oh, she was super nice to me today. I want to invite you to the book of Acts, chapter 1. The book of the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1. The reason we're looking at this particular chapter today is because it, it speaks to transition. Which obviously, for us, our church family here, is, it's, it's where we're at. And it's, it's probably a transition that, that maybe we don't often pay much attention to, but it's a critical transition. Let me explain. Before Jesus' death on the cross, he spent three and a half years or so walking around with his disciples, doing ministry, miracles, bringing vital teaching to the community, to, to, the, to the Hebrews of the day, trying to share the love of God. <clears throat> but as you and I know, he had to die on the cross. The whole purpose of his birth was his death on the cross, becoming the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, you and I know that. We have 2020 vision on this, right? We have, we have, we have clarity about we've We've had 2,000 years of, of Christian history to help us understand G- the importance of Jesus' death on the cross. But if you drop yourself inside of the hearts and the minds of his followers during that three and a half years, believe me when I tell you, his death on the cross was not on their minds. They were not, that was not something they were looking for. What they were looking for was a transformation or 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 real freedom coming to, to their people uh, that, that Jesus was going to overthrow the Roman government, push them out, and Israel was going to be reestablished as, as a, a sovereign nation, um, restoring Israel to its greatness, thinking about the greatness of, 
of David and Solomon in, in those days. That's, what they're, that's what's on their minds. That's what they're looking toward. That's what they're looking for. And then they experience this thing where Jesus dies on the cross. Gone for three days. They go into hiding. <clears throat> and what happens? What day, children? Let me ask you a question. What day, children, did Jesus raise from the dead? Easter. Very good answer. On the, so when we come together for Easter celebration, we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Okay? So he raises from the dead. Now, he's back to life, but understand that there's, there's kind of a new normal for a little while. And this new normal, and you'll, when we get into this reading here, you'll see for a period of 40 days, Jesus is appearing to his disciples. But it's not the same as it was before. He's coming and going. He'll, he'll pop in when they're, when they're hanging out together. He'll pop in and then he'll pop out. He'll show up and he'll disappear. He'll show up and he'll disappear. And this is what he does for about 40 days. So we kind of find ourselves in this strange space when we're talking about the perspective of the disciples. Certainly what they had in mind is, is, is a no-go now. At Well, theoretically, because we get a question in here. You'll, you'll see them ask a question about restoring Israel. So they still have it in their minds, but something is, is different now. Whatever life had been like the last three and a half years, they're, they're moving into a whole new phase. So in this reading today, we're going to get God's perspective, or at least a piece of God's perspective on, on what it's like for transition. And I think there's some really great things for us in here as we dig. So right, right at verse 1, Acts Chapter 1, verse 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up into heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. So this is, by the way, the writer is Luke. So if you're reading the Gospel of Luke, Luke and Acts belong together. So when he says, in my former book, he's referring to the Gospel of Luke. Theophilus is a person he's writing this letter to. He goes on to say, After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. <clears throat> On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Now, listen, we could blow right past this, but pay attention to what Luke just said. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, you see, what some might think when Jesus is coming and going, popping in a room and popping out, well, that must be some kind of a poltergeist, some kind of a ghost, some kind of, um, um, you know, some kind of a spirit. He's showing up in spirit. And yet, we see right here, when it comes to many convincing proofs, Luke is referring to one of them right now. At one point, Jesus is eating with them. I'm pretty sure that ghosts don't show up at the table and start eating with people. So we're talking about the actual resurrected body of Jesus Christ showing up in a room, sitting down at a table, and digesting food just as he would have done before. This is the resurrected Christ showing up. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. 
For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, here's the question, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? So they're still thinking about this. And he says, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. Now, think about this. What if Jesus would have said to them, well, here's the thing. It's going to take about 2,100 years. So about 2,100 years or so from now, things, because right, here we are, over 2,000 years later, do you think that that would have been very encouraging for them to hear that? That it's not going to happen in their lifetime. It's not even going to happen in the lifetime of, of their grandkids or great-grandkids or great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great, right? I mean, there would have been, he's like, it's, this isn't important for you to know. It's not necessary for you to know the times or the dates. But here's what is important for you to know. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. For yourselves? For your own good? No. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. You will be my testimony givers. You will share with people in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them, hid him from their sight. Now, this departure, I think, is important, and it's pivotal. And if you think about what has been happening the previous 40 days, he pops in, he pops out, he pops in, he pops out. This time, like a space shuttle, he just launches until, the, until they can't see him anymore. He's hidden by a cloud. And, and this departure is different. They don't realize it in this moment. Why do we know that? Because they're staring intently up into the sky, expecting him to come right back. So they're going to have to be given instruction here in a moment. But this departure is different because he's not going to be popping in and out anymore. They're now at the next level of this transition phase in their lives. Look at this. They were looking intently up into the sky, verse 10, as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said. Whoa, you know, he's staring up into the sky, and all of a sudden there's a guy talking to you. Yeah, whoa. I mean, that's, that would scare me, probably. Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? Well, it's obvious, because we're waiting for him to come back. The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the, in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. So then the apostles returned to Jerusalem. So they, they've had enough information at this point to realize he's not coming right back. And what did he tell them to do? Go and wait. Go back to Jerusalem and wait for the gift, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. <coughs> so they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives. A Sabbath day walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. 
So we have an interesting thing that has happened here. The very first thing that happens inside of this transition is obedience. And I don't, I don't know that we could ask anything else of each other except obedience. I don't know what other real standard I would hope that each one of us would adhere to except obedience to what God is telling us to do. This step of obedience moves them into a place of waiting. And it's about 10 days. 10 days of waiting. Now that's not very long, but let me tell you, I'm not very good on, uh, with waiting. Okay? Let me tell you what happened yesterday. We, we spend the day up in Denver because our oldest son Jackson is singing in the All-State Choir Competition. It's a great privilege. And, and we, we head into Denver and um, concert happens. It's great. And and uh, we're, in, we're in downtown Denver, and so we head over to a restaurant called BD's Mongolian Grill. I don't know if you've ever eaten there. I would highly suggest it. It's amazing, okay? We get in there, we sign up, and we find out it's an hour-long wait. And we're like, no dice. An hour, I'm not waiting an hour for food. See, this is my pro- I, I'm not very good on waiting. But our car is blocks and blocks away, so... By the time we get back to our car, it's been 45 minutes. So we decide, well, since it's been 45 minutes, let's drive back to BD's, find another parking spot close there, and go in. So now it's been an hour, and we get in, and had we stayed, we probably would have gotten food quicker because we walked in, and all the people that, that we were, um, some of them that were going to be behind us, were already eating, okay? So, so our, my impatience... Um, doesn't pay good dividends here. And we end up waiting another 20 minutes to finally sit down and eat. So my impatience causes us problems here. Jesus is asking them to wait. This is a a, a key piece to this church family processing and working through and and walking through a time of transition, waiting on the Lord. You, you, you saw the advertisement to come together in prayer. What a way to launch into a time of waiting by doing, coming together and, 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 and praying, seeking the face of God. Not just for what's next. Not just for who's coming next. Not, not just for the next pastor that's coming into place. But for strength to wait upon the Lord. I wonder if we would be willing to do that together. Then, here's what happens. Verse 15. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, Brothers and sisters, the scripture had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, 
who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number, and he shared in our ministry. And with the payment that he received for his wickedness, Judas bought a field. There he fell headlong. His body burst open, and all his intestines spilled out. It's a lovely picture. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this, so they called that field in their language Alkeldama, that is the field of blood. So Peter goes on to say, For it is written in the book of Psalms, May his place be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it. And, it says, may another take his place of leadership. Therefore, it's necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. And so here's what we see in this. A leader rises up. Peter stands up and says, this is something that we have to do together. We've got to figure this out. Somebody needs to step into this place, into, into this hole. Somebody's got to fill this spot. And, and, and there are certain requirements. It's going to have to be somebody that has been hanging around here since the, the very beginning. So he's thought through this, Right? But the key for us today is that, is that Peter stood up. It's not only important that we as a church family are walking in obedience and that we commit ourselves to waiting on the Lord, but we're going to have to have some people that start rising up in this church family. That's one of the reasons why we did what we did last week. Taking that spiritual gifts inventory together, We've, we've been compiling the results. And if you haven't completed that or turned that in yet, we really ask for you to do so. But we're discovering some really interesting things about this church family. All the, all the different spiritual gifts are represented almost equally across the board here. So as we're discovering things about ourselves and discovering things about each other, it's, it's going to create opportunity for people to rise up. To step up. Again, that's, that's why obedience is, is so important during this time. Because if the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart or your mind about something, I'm asking, we're asking, that you would just move into that. Step into that. Have the courage to do so. Have the courage to, to rise up in the midst of this time of transition. And, and let's see what the Lord wants to accomplish in you and especially through you in this time. So they nominated two men. Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. And then they prayed. Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. And then they cast lots, they voted, and the lot fell to Matthias. And so he was added to the 11 apostles. The end of this transition time for this church family is going to be a vote. See, here's what's going to happen. 
your board that you've elected, they're going to start receiving, looking through resumes, through names. And there's going to be two or three that are, that are going to surface. They're, they're going to be in prayer, and you guys are going to be in prayer, and you're walking in obedience, and you're waiting on the Lord. And in the midst of this, this thing, some names are going to surface, and, and they're going to reach out to them. And, and, and there's going to be phone calls, probably some, some Skyping, you know, just, just meeting online. And, and, and they're going to do some research um, because more than likely these these people have lots of experience and probably can be um, watched preaching online or whatever. They're going to they're do the necessary research. And, 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 and after that time, somebody is going to surface in particular that they want to invite here to meet. And they want, them, they want you to have the opportunity to meet them as well. And so they're going to come. And they're going to stand right here and they're going to preach and they're going to introduce themselves and you're going to have a time to hear them and sit under their teaching and, and meet with them. And, and it may or may not be the one, but if it's the one, if this is, if this is the person that, that it just seems the Holy Spirit is moving in that direction, you're going to have your chance to voice your vote if you're a member of this church. You're going to be able to Cast your vote. Yes, this is who I want to be my pastor. Or no, it's got to be somebody else. That's the end, that's the end result of this trans, transition time. The church body here is going to have its say in who the next leader will be. I, I think that's a really exciting and empowering process. But the key to getting started on this track the right way is being committed now. Obedience, waiting on the Lord, some people rising up inside of this time, stepping up, stepping into ministry roles or whatever the Lord is is talking to you about. And as you're waiting on the Lord, things are going to start happening. Why? Because God cares about Woodland Life Center. He cares about this church family. He cares about you as a part of this church family. He cares about what's happening in your life. He's invested in you. He's invested in us here. And he has plans for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you hope and a future. See, a key difference between our transition and the transition we just read through is we already have the Holy Spirit in us. He's already at work. He's already at work in you. He's already at work in the person sitting next to you. And he's already at work in us as a whole. Truth is, I believe this, he's got in mind already who it's going to be. So it's really just a matter of as we step into obedience and waiting on Him that we press into His understanding, His knowledge, and allow Him to show us who who it's going to be. doesn't mean that transition is going to be easy. It's going to be a challenge. 
One of the things I, I see in here that's interesting is that they all stayed together. And truth is, they all stayed together constantly. I don't know how they pull this off, but they're, they're, they're almost constantly together during this time of waiting. But I don't think it's expected that we all just hang out here day in, day, day night, day, night, day, night, day, night. It's not, that's, but I think there's something that, that we can see in here that's, that's really important. Staying together. Not allowing ourselves to fall away. And I, I suppose that in the midst of a transition, that, that might be a temptation. The enemy would try to begin to pull us apart from each other one at a time. That would be a terrific scheme of the enemy. Because see, if he can get us separated from, from the church family, then we become easy targets for him. Think about, think about a herd of sheep and a prowling lion seeking whom he may devour. Who is the easiest target for that lion? The sheep that begins to wander away from the herd. The sheep that begins to separate himself from the crowd. Easy to pick off. Church, you need each other. You need each other. You can do this transition together. I, I, I know it. Confident in that. And I'm confident in God's presence and His faithfulness in the midst of this time. I want to say a prayer over you. If you'll close your eyes. Lord Jesus, You are our God. You are our King, our Lord. You're our leader. What you have been accomplishing in this church family is extraordinary. We honor you for that today. And as we're looking forward, we honor you for the extraordinary things that are going to continue to happen. We acknowledge that transition is not easy. We're, we, we like things the way we're used to them happening. We get comfortable with, with things and, and, and we like to hang on to that. But clearly as you are moving us, leading us into this time of transition we're going to be stretched our faith is going to be tested the health of this church family is going to be tested our commitment to this church family is going to be tested and I thank you that we're able to look at a passage today that will empower us to to move forward with, with certain things that we can keep in mind, how important it's going to be for us to be obedient to your Spirit. How important it is for us, for, for your Spirit to give us the strength and the fortitude it's going to take to wait, to wait on you, to wait on the process.
And I know, Holy Spirit, you're speaking to hearts and minds now, prompting some in this room to, to rise up, to, to, to stand up in the midst of the, of the time of transition and, and to step into this role or that role or to fulfill this ministry or accomplish this thing or lead in this area. Whatever it might be, we just, because we're committing to obedience as you speak, things are going to move and things are going to start happening. So that the end result being we will be able to call a new pastor. What an amazing time this, this can be if we will just ride this thing out together. Ultimately, it's all about you. We are your people called by your name. We humble ourselves today. We worship. We seek your face. And we thank you for the, what you are going to do, what you're doing now, what you've done, and what you're going to do. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus. We all pray. Everybody said. Amen. We want to just close out together in, in worship. So would you stand with us? And let's, let's give ourselves over in worship to the Lord again. One of the great schemes of the enemy is to tell us lies. Amen? Anybody ever experienced that? Um, get an F on a test. You're stupid. You don't get invited to the party. Nobody likes you. Your husband or wife leaves you. You're unlovable. You're unwanted. Um, man, I could go on and on. Um, this song we're going to sing speaks to that, who we are in Christ. Our identity is um, it's a hard thing to get handles on for me. Um, I'm a woman. I'm a Christian. I'm a mother. I'm a wife. I'm a sister. I'm a daughter. I'm a pastor's wife. I'm a Nazarene. I'm an American um, those aren't really who I am. Those are things about me. There's only one identity that can be found that is unshakable. And I think we all have heard this, um, but it's difficult for me to live out. So I just want to challenge you to ask the Lord about that. Am I finding my identity in you, that I'm a child of God, that I'm made in your image, that I was chosen before the foundations of the earth? Those are the things that the enemy or the world or our mistakes cannot change. So I just encourage you to cling to that, to seek the Lord on that. Maybe you're rocking that. <laughs> Maybe you live that. And that's amazing. Um, I want to grow in that. I want to believe. Let's sing about the things that he says we are. Should welcome me 
was lost, but you brought me in. Oh, his love for me. Oh, his love for me.
for giving us the identity that lasts. Kinsey's going to sign here for this song that we've grown to love here. Before we sing it, um, this song is about being in a tight place, being in a hard space. And I don't think any of you have ever been in a hard space, but I have. Um, I'm reading this book on grapes right now, in the vineyard, and I've learned that grapes love rocky soil. In viticulture, they don't, if um, a grapevine gets plenty of sunlight and water and has perfect soil, it will leaf and leaf and leaf and leaf, but never grow any grapes. Grapes only, grapevines only produce grapes when they think they're about to die because um, they want the, the species to go on. It's a last-ditch effort. And, oh, man, God has been speaking to me about that. The Waymaker. We're going to sing the Waymaker. The Promise Keeper in the midst of trials. Maybe he's up to something like growing grapes. It's his to his glory that we bear much fruit. I don't like that. <laughs> um, but he is up to something. He is the way-making God. He is the gardener. Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. Thank you for making a way, Jesus. Every heart I worship. 
Yeah. 
trust in that, we cling to that, we build our lives on that very foundation. And we thank you for what you have in mind for the days, weeks, months, and years that are ahead of this community. The best days are still yet to come. We honor you with every step of our lives, every step of the way. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray and worship. Amen. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you, be gracious to you. May his countenance come upon you. May may you experience his faithfulness in mighty and deep ways this week. I do pray you have an amazing one. We'll see you next Sunday.